Another episode of the Guys Telling Stories podcast. I'm Rich Douglas. I am Bill Easton. And guys, we are just thankful to have you back for another great episode. Yes, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of our show. Yeah, I think we we're getting some emails from some new listeners. It looks like we got a bunch of new likes on Facebook. Yep. So if you're new to the show, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to some of the old episodes, catch up. We had a great episode with Jason and Dave from Rusty Nickel Brewing Company. They're two guys starting a brewery. I still like Russell. Russell Russell just talks and talks. <laughs> we got a great episode with Russell Salvatore. Been in the restaurant business over 80 years. He's given his fortune away to charity. Go check that one out as well. Thank you to everybody who helped us get on those iTunes charts. We did hit number one on the arts, the business. Yep. And uh, we, we got some confirmation that we were indeed on the feature page for about a day. Somebody sent us a uh, link to it. A little uh, screenshot. Thank yeah, you. So thanks for that. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, what's helping us do that, especially if you're new to the podcast, are those reviews. So let's keep them coming. Yep. If you're on iTunes, there's a spot where you can rate it, give it five stars, and then write a little review. Some of the reviews are, are pretty entertaining. They really are. You know, we're going we're gonna to kind of go through and uh, just acknowledge some of the people that are making us laugh. But the easiest way, especially if you haven't written one yet, is just go to guystonestories.com backslash review. That's guystownstories.com backslash review. That'll take you right where you need to go. Five stars, write a review if you want to make us laugh or just tell <laughs> us that you're liking the show. Either way, it's uh, much appreciated. So you got one for us, Bill? I do. It is the one true Goodman. The one true Goodman. The one true Goodman. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Life-changing life is the title. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Life-changing. And he writes, as can be seen by the title, the show is truly life-changing. We had, we had a, uh, a couple out in Long Island drop us an email, Mr. and Mrs. LeMag Swag, and they said they were going to write reviews to make us laugh on purpose. Oh, good. And they said, please, you know, if, if you don't mind, give us a shout-out on the show. So Mr. and Mrs. LeMag Swag, thank you. I, it looks like they, they each wrote their own, and, and it looks like little LeMag Swag, little baby LeMag Swag might have written one, too. It's hard to so say. It is hard to say. But we got we got three reviews from uh, from one family. That's great. That's cool. I hope the one true Goodman is uh, from West Virginia because I haven't heard much from uh, my my alum, my college, my state down there. So yeah. hopefully, I uh, hate to break it to you. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the one true Goodman is from my college, oh. not yours. Oh yeah, you know who this guy is. <laughs> I think. Thank you to the one true Goodman and all <laughs> your Mountaineer fans. Let's uh, let's get on the uh, let's get on the link, guys. Tellingstories.com backslash reviews, and let's get uh, let's get a review. So. All right, Bill, we, uh, our guest for today yes. is somebody that was recommended to us. I went and did a little research, and it's great because we have had people that are starting their own business. Mm-hmm. We've had entertainers, yep. some behind-the-scenes folks, and our guest today is a world-renowned zoologist. That is super cool, and I'm excited to hear that we are not going to his place of employment. Well, he did invite us to his animal sanctuary, but if, <laughs> for those of you listening, uh, Bill is allergic to pretty much all animals. Yeah, pretty much. And so he agreed to meet us at his uh, at his restaurant. He is an entrepreneur as well as an animal expert. He is also a television host. You can see him 
all the time on Rachel Ray. He's mm-hmm. a guest. Last week, I think he was, yeah, he was our, on. Our guest is Jared Miller, and Jared Miller is probably lived a lifetime of, of jobs, careers, experiences, traveled all, all over the world, and he's not stopping. He's not stopping at all. Nope. He is somebody that has been on Conan. He's been on The Tonight Show. He has been the director of a zoo, Binghamton Zoo, when he was 25 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He had his own syndicated television show, Animal Exploration with Jared Miller, of course. You can still see that on YouTube. It's on ABC all the time. Well, he's also into some real estate development, and he is a small business owner. We're going to meet him today. We're going to sit down. We're going to hear his story, mm-hmm. and we're going to ask him what he's up to. Uh, you know, outside of the animal kingdom, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> one of his business partners, uh, Jen Kepper, uh, hopefully she'll join us towards the end and we'll sit down and hear about how they're developing some, some buildings. Yeah, she's part of the, uh, the development and, and the bar. So that will be good to hear, hear from her too and include her. Yeah, so let's not head to the animal sanctuary, Bill. You're right. safe. Let's head to, uh, to Jared's place and... Let's hear a story. Let's go. Jared Miller, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome, Jared. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, you guys ready to hear and tell some stories? <laughs> That's what this is called, guys telling stories. That's what it's all Jump about. Jump right in. Don't, don't, don't worry about anything. Off mic, we were just talking about how you are a small business owner, in addition to being a pet expert, a zoologist. You have some exciting things uh, happening. Um, if you want to kind of jump right into that. Sure. Half of my life, or the majority of my life, I, I work you know outside of Western New York. Um, it's just a career path that I decided to choose, and it was something that was pretty innate. It was, when I was a kid, I just had this uncontrollable fascination for science and nature, and and especially animals and wildlife. And I just remember being like some of my earliest memories were you know just wanting to learn as much about animals as possible, and really all our family vacations were uh, you know traveling to many zoos across the country any any type of uh, wildlife uh, I could get close to uh, the better and you know and I grew up uh, both my parents worked so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents who uh, you know they you know they had a, a beautiful place which they still do out with you know acres of woods and fields and so I kind of grew up uh, you know as, as naturalistic as possible a lot of people ask me how did you get your job and I go well to tell you the truth that I never really got a job I just created a you know I created you, a, you know kind of created so I took a lot of passion uh, you know, obviously, I've just always loved um, animals, but I also was just very interested in a lot of different things. I love television production. I love broadcasting. I love uh, even you know business development and business ownership. So a lot of a lot of those areas of my interest in uh, I guess my my personality, you know, I've kind of been able to. Uh, Kind of found my life path of of bringing all those kind of disciplines together and all those interests together into you know kind of a neat little lifestyle I would say. Yeah, you know, Bill and I have talked to quite a few different people throughout this season, and some of the people have started businesses a little bit later in life. But it sounds like you're one of the few that got started right away. Like like you said, it was innate. So maybe take us to like your maybe 18, 22. Most people are headed off away from mom and dad for the first time, right? And they're trying to somehow figure out their place in the world. It sounds like you kind of had a pretty good idea what you wanted to do. Yeah, you know, it was really weird. I, I did have kind of this tunnel vision from from a young kid. I, you know, and I started out, you know, obviously, um, with as everyone else does, my first exposure to animals, we, you know, we had dogs and cats and birds and oh, ferrets yeah. and, you know, and then, and then the wild animals, I'd go and see how close I 
could get to, you know, tur- turtles and raccoons. And, and I remember being like four years old and actually sitting, standing out in the middle of a field and trying to pretend to be like a big salt lick and waiting for deer to come up. And actually, this is they would exactly actually come why up. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I tried the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the audience knows, but Bill is, he's allergic to animals. He, Probably uh, allergic to Jared. Yeah, you might be. It, it, might, it might be my sweater. But what's so funny, Bill, I know, I know the thing because I was, hor- and I still am to this day, terribly allergic to animals. Like cats. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, even house cats. I get r- rabbits, all these animals that I, you know, even as a kid worked with on a daily basis, I was super allergic to, but I just barreled through it and. I remember every every first day of school photo, like my eyes were all puffy and I'm sneezing and it's like, you know, I had the seasonal allergies in addition to having a cat under my arm or a dog or, or something like right. that. Um, but yeah, even to this day, I remember just even a couple years ago, I, I had a, we were doing a speech down in, in um, Nashville and we had a, you know, they had organized a, a little private plane. We brought a tiger cub with us. And so for about four hours, I sat with this tiger cub in my lap, and I didn't know that I'm severely allergic to tigers. And my, my skin, I mean, for almost two weeks, I had this rash, and, you know, I had to take the, uh, you, know, you know, all types of medication to get over it. But, you know, but I guess it's, I guess it's a, uh, it's a work, workplace hazard among the other, you know, other aspects of I working mean, with there, wildlife. There's a lot of obstacles to overcome when you're dealing with animals because there's this, probably a certain sense of unpredictable, I guess, just every time you walk into a situation. But, you know, what I was wondering about is if I could go back and be 13 and learn how to play the piano, I could be an amazing musician. Yeah. But most people, if they take something like that, like an idea, like a 13-year-old wants to be a creative writer, they want to be a guitarist, they want to be in a band, people kind of make fun of them for it. People kind of say like, oh, you're never going to amount to much. When you were first starting out, Mm -hmm. maybe it was the early years, like, you know, you already had some maybe credentials under your belt. Mm -hmm. Was there any obstacles that you came across right away? Maybe naysayers, people saying, Oh, oh, absolutely. I think, you know, what's funny is the biggest uh, conversion has been, you know, really to start with my family. I have a very great and very supportive family, but when you want to go into working with wild animals and, and actually have them, you know... On your property and, and <laughs> rescue. I remember a story when I was five, five, probably five or six years old. My and I was traveling with my mom, and we had uh, he smelled it first. We saw a dead uh, skunk on the side of the road, actually out in Eden. Right. And uh, I thought to myself, "Oh, we should stop and check out. Maybe there's some babies around." And sure enough, we found four little baby skunks that were in the bushes, kind of near the mom, because it was springtime. So I convinced my mom at the time to uh, to rescue them. So at, I had to... Rescue the skunks. Rescue the skunks. Oh, and these, wow. these guys were tiny. They were literally the size of, like, guinea pigs. They were these tiny little skunks. Yeah. And at the time, I knew better, but I had to convince my mom by saying, hey, they're not old enough to spray yet, even though I knew very well that they could. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and we took them, and we put them in the back of her car, and we made it from Eden to Boston, about a 20-minute drive. They made it all the way to, to the driveway, and then something spooked them, something happened, and all four of them went off in the backseat of my mom's oh. car. And, t- and really, she had to give the car away. There was no getting that smell out when all these babies... But, no. you know, but I was able to take them out, and, you know, we, I let them loose in the yard, <laughs> I gave them some food, protected them a little bit, and they, now, you know, they went on with their own lives, but, you know, that, that smell lingered longer than the skunks did. Oh. I mean, that, that smell was probably in that car that until the day she gave it away. Yeah, sorry. We all I just grossed out your... No, that is one of the best skunk stories. <laughs> I, I haven't told this one on air, but my wife and I went to a very nice play. We're all dressed up, and it's the middle of last winter, and we come home, and we just let the dog out into a fenced backyard and let him run around. There's motion lights. Well, all of a sudden, we hear 
the barking. And then like a screeching. And I run outside and I see he is kind of moonwalking, rubbing each eye on the ground back and forth, back and forth. And you just immediately smell that oh, something yeah. happened. And there's, there's no sign of a skunk. But we immediately were wondering, oh, no. Oh, no. Yep. There's no getting that smell out. No. What are we going to do? So, I mean, we start Googling. Hey, uh, maybe we got to get tomato juice, right? We heard that online somewhere. Yeah, neutralize uh, the smell uh, somehow. Something. Yeah. We run to the, all the stores are closed. It's like late on, I think we went on like a Sunday matinee. So, we got baking soda, I think. Someone yeah. said vinegar. Yeah. Some Blue Dawn dish detergent. Yeah, that works well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this poor guy, we're like trying to massage his eyes. And you could just tell it's like oily. And oh, yeah. He, he was miserable for at least a couple days. And he had to sleep in the garage that day, which is attached to the house. So he was safe and warm. But um, I got to say, it probably took a year for yeah. that one spot to not smell again. So I understand how your mom had to give away her car. Oh, yeah. Is that unbelievable? Yeah. So... Obviously, your family encouraged you and put up with you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> more, more putting up with me is the right word. Yeah, that's I would a good say. way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, who probably. else? Who else helped encourage you? Especially like when you decide that I am going to do this children's thing. I am going to. This is going to be my life. Who else was there supporting yeah. that and, I've had, and got I've you had, into doing your your what you do fan, now? That's a fantastic question. You know, it, there's a lot of people really. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I loved that show Wild Kingdom, which was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was that random from like 1969 all the way into the 80s, and I love Marlon Perkins, who was the host of. It. He's a zoo director, and he hosted this great show. And his assistant Jim Fowler, I was about 16 years old. I met him and started working behind the scenes a little bit with Mucho of Omaha. Um, so that was probably one of my first starts. And then afterwards, I started working with a guy Jack Hanna, who I've you, heard of him. You'd recognize I've heard of him. Jack. He's a you know he's director of the Columbus Zoo in Ohio, and and again he was a zoo director. I always wanted to be a zoo director. And I always wanted to host a TV show. So I was lucky enough to kind of be around these people and you know they would hire me and even even Jack I moved down to Columbus I lived in his house and took care you know worked at the zoo and then wow. started working in TV. How many animals do you have at his house? Well he didn't have much at his house he had a giant English Mastiff he had a golden retriever and a cat but then I had some of my animals too so he he was all for it like he I had a spider monkey that um that I brought with me that lived that lived at the house and the mm-hmm. actually the 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 keepers from the zoo came out and built a nice enclosure for us, and the monkey was was there as well. But but the Columbus Zoo, you know, much like the Buffalo Zoo, which I spent my entire childhood going to, was just this. You know, it's just this, it's the largest and best zoo in the country. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how zoos now have from what they were 20, even even 15 years ago, to what they are now, they're just, instead of the stamp collection of all these animals in cages, they're like these just wonderful places where people can experience wildlife, see cool exhibitry, see animals they would never see and learn about. And really, and what's amazing about zoos, and this is why I've always loved zoos, and is that more people visit zoos than all major sporting events combined. So more than football, hockey, baseball, the attendance at zoos is number one recreation that activity. That is an interesting Is that an interesting fact, fact? Yeah. yeah. You know, then I was working for the Columbus Zoo while I was in college, and I, I was going to college in upstate New York in Oswego, and they had a great zoology program. And then what was great as well is I, when you talk about influences, I had a great bunch of professors. My advisor was phenomenal, and they let me do a lot of independent studies. So I was able to, you know, travel, do my things. And at that time, I started working on Late Night with Conan O'Brien as well, yeah. and started my relationship with like the network shows. And um, and it just all kind of worked. I just worked all the time. I travel all the time, and I just tried to get it all done. And had my animals here in Buffalo, and you know, went to Columbus in the summer to work down at the zoo. And you know, I you know take a take a chemistry exam at 
you know, Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, jump on a plane, be in LA, <laughs> do do the Tonight Show, be back the next day, and go out drinking with my friends, and hey, let's watch the Tonight what Show. What a regular you know? life. Yeah, it was pretty. It was uh, pretty wild stuff. So you know, for some people that we've been talking to, Bill, like they're they have a no turning back moment, and it might be just taking out that loan for for a small business, sure. and for other people, it might be quitting that full time job to do what they love. Right. For, for you. What's it like in terms of a no turning back moment when you are doing Late Night with Conan O'Brien or The Tonight Show yeah. or Good Morning America or Rachel Ray? Yeah. You have people that are listening that go, this guy, he's on the show. I watch in bed when I'm nudging my wife going, hey, yeah. you know, Conan's coming on. Like, yeah. What's that like in terms of, I guess, reflecting on that moment? You know, I, believe it or not, I guess I... I really, the best point, I, like, I enjoy doing it. Like, I enjoy, like, I love, like, the creativity. I mean, you're around some of the most brilliant people in the world, especially, you know, back in the day. I mean, you couldn't get much cutting edge than Conan, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, like, doing the Today Show and doing all this stuff. And, I mean, it's great. But to tell you the truth, like, I never really think about watching it. I never think about, like, it airing. I, ne- I just like doing it. And if it aired, I could I could do this stuff and it could just never air and I'd be perfectly fine with it in some ways they're good and better you know that's a cool job you yeah. know so I kind of did that but you know and then when I started you know producing and hosting my own series then I'm kind of like yeah you know then I'm a little more reflective on it I'm like you know I really want the, the messaging to be right I really want it to be great TV I really you know I'm not looking for an Emmy I'm not looking for this I'm just looking for like you know like I love those emails from kids like all excited about something they saw on a show or, you know, or in a funny story is like you mentioned about like, oh, this is a show that I watched this guy before I went to bed. I love it when like buddies of mine, they'll be like, yeah, Saturday morning, seven o'clock. I'm, I'm here with my wife or my girlfriend. All of a sudden your voice pops up on the TV because we left channel 29 <laughs> on and, and I'm like, and it, it woke me know. up at seven in the morning. Yeah. I want to ask you more about your show, but first I, I, I had to look you up because okay. I, I'm not a big animal guy as, sure. as I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you yeah. to explain this picture that's on there. Okay. This it looks like an elephant. It looks like you are wrestling an elephant. Yeah, I was wrestling. That is a nine thousand pound African elephant, and her name is Bubbles. And Bubbles uh, belongs to a friend of mine that has a conservation park down in South Carolina. And Bubbles came from Africa. Like, believe it or not, back in the day when they would do these, you know, elephants are very endangered species. You know, they were, they're the largest land animal, so they require a lot of space. And Bubbles was a, a refugee from, um, from a poaching situation, and she was brought here back in the, God, probably in the 70s by a friend of mine um, who he actually raised her, like, right in the house, and that is the nicest. That elephant is a dog. It's a 9,000-pound brilliant dog. Nice. And she's so friendly, and she's great, and and that's actually down in the, the intercoastal, down in South, uh, near Myrtle Beach. And uh, Bubbles' favorite activity is to go swimming and actually wrestle with people in the water. Yeah. And it's a little intimidating <laughs> when you're... I can't wait to go visit Bubbles. Yeah, yeah but was, her favorite thing is to pretty much use humans as her toys. And that elephant, believe it or not, she was so smart that she would sw- you'd swim away from her and she'd grab your foot with her trunk and lift you up and put her on her head stand <laughs> up in the water and, and really prompt you to j- jump off of her head dive in and she, she literally I was, again. I was a big dog I was a human dog toy that's great to bubbles much. or elephant toy I so should say so tell us a little bit about you have this uh, this, this show it's Animal Exploration yeah. nationally syndicated yeah. television show yeah uh, we, you've talked about your guest appearances but tell us about the show itself. the show itself yeah we started that uh, and in fact we're, uh, we actually stopped production 
production on, on that series uh, a few years ago, but we, we did so many episodes over the years that, you know, it's been in syndication since two, 2007. I bet people still, they Google it, they go to YouTube, yeah, they see little clips. Well, and it still airs. Like, it, it's amazing. It's that's, ama- what's nice, yeah. like, that's what's nice about syndication is, like, you almost can live in, you know, just in perpetuity. As they say, yeah. Uh, you know, like, like any day of the week, you can probably turn on and find a Seinfeld episode you saw a million times. And that's kind of what has happened with Animal Exploration. It airs, you know, it's been airing on ABC stations throughout the country. And it's actually distributed as well in 12 other foreign countries, too. So it's neat to get an, an email from, like, someone in, like, Taiwan or someone in Russia or even in uh, some of these weird places about, you know, learning something that they saw on Animal Exploration oh, in yeah. a completely different country. Um, but the genesis of that show really came about back in, like I said about um, in 2004 through 2006 I was I was running a zoo in upstate New York called the Binghamton Zoo and at the time I was actually the youngest zoo director in the country and my charge was to kind of rebuild this old zoo the zoo was built in 1875 very similar to our Buffalo Zoo okay and you know Donna Fernandez here just really re- has rebuilt the zoo over that the past great. 15 years and if you've uh, had an opportunity to visit it now now we have one of the most premier zoos in the country right right here in our own backyard yeah. and that was kind of when I was at Binghamton I wanted to kind of do that as well where you know the zoo was built in 1875 and there literally were in clo- there was a lion house there that was built in 1875 in which back in the day this is back in the 50s gangsters actually used to throw people to the lions at mobsters like New York City mobsters would travel the two and a half hours and throw people to the lions at the zoo it was the history of this place was insane but, um, <laughs> That's an amazing story. Yeah, but it was like, so I'm, I'm running the zoo. I'm 25 years old. You know, I'm half the age of anyone else that's working there. And it was it was really fun. You know, I got to really work on some great conservation problems. You know, it was almost like rebuild my zoo. We were like building new enclosures, raising money. I was still able to go to, um, you know, at the time I was doing a lot of correspondence work for the Today Show and doing more like, you know, just kind of being like that Jack Hanna kind of person for, for this particular zoo. I had the opportunity to come back and, and work on, you know, developing animal exploration so we started doing that and it's been great i mean we started out you know it's like having a, a globe or a map and being like all right where are we going to go and, we, and i basically take a dart and i go oh we're going to the everglades so we went to the everglades and that was our, our pilot episode was filming alligators jumping off of uh, big airboats and finding alligators in in florida it was that's not pretty awesome yeah yeah you know, then we traveled everywhere and we did uh, uh, over 50 episodes you know we, so. we we've spent so much time looking back you know we're sitting in this beautiful beautiful establishment yeah. and i was thinking maybe we could take a look ahead i know when your business partners here. Do you think we could bring her in yeah, for the yeah. last part of the podcast? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'll go get Jen now, and we can uh, yeah talk about this. Uh, my one of my little side projects that is kind of keeping keeping me. It's I feel is like kind of like a fun business, but also it's like kind of my um, it's my little piece of buffalo that I have. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, stay tuned. We're gonna go grab her, and we'll be uh, right back. All right, guys, welcome back. We're here with Jared Miller and Jen Kepper. Yeah, welcome, guys. Thanks. We have a new visitor to our podcast today. Yeah, we're looking ahead to the future. And I know, Jared, we spent a lot of time talking about the past, but one of the things people love to hear about is kind of what's currently exciting you. And, Jen, you're involved with that. So take it away, guys. What's going on lately? Jen, by the way, is a partner, marketing manager, and our bartender today. Yeah. She wears a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jen, what's going on with this business? We, We know we're here at the Tap House today, downtown Buffalo. Great Great location, by the way. Amazing location, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot happening in the city, which is probably the best part right now. Uh, There's new 
Delaware North building, which just opened up. And directly then across the street. Directly across oh, the nice street. Nice location, guys. Yeah. And then we also have the Weston Hotel that's scheduled to open next year. And then we also have a new hotel opening another block over, which is the Curtis. So there's a lot going on downtown. There's a lot with Canal Side. Uh, just a lot more people downtown, a lot more traffic. we got the hockey plexus downtown now. It's really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell the listeners, how did you and Jared kind of come together to become basically entrepreneurs together. I can I can start that off. Uh, well, really, it's I mean, you might ask yourself, like, what, what business does a zoologist have opening a bar? There's and a lot of small business owners out there that are wondering so the same thing. And, and I think Jen's, you know, experiencing that too. It's it's something where when I first looked into it, I was always looking, like I said, I, I and even even to this day, a lot of travel and a lot of, you know, and I don't have a lot of, I really don't have a lot of income source here in my favorite city. Like, this is my hometown. This is where I chose to buy a house seven years ago. I live here, but, you know, I do my work in California and New York and wherever, but I wanted something that, you know, a little piece of Buffalo. And and about four years ago, I saw this vacant space, and like Jen said, location, 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 location is amazing. And, you know, and it's been a pub for for decades, even more. This building, believe it or not, was built in the early 1900s. You know, even four years ago, I saw that, that beginning of that research like Jen said, you know, look at all the growth that's going on, both economically, um, just even the vibe here. Like, It's really a key time. Yeah. There's not a better time to come in, especially like kind of at the age that we're at, too. So for me, like, it was a no-brainer to come in. Yeah. What, 24? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I won't actually disclose my age, but a thank you. A lady never tells, Bill. A lady oh. never tells. And a gentleman never asks. I guessed. I didn't okay. ask. All right, you last know, time. And you know, and it is a work in progress. I mean, this literally was a just, demo- I mean, it needed a lot of work. Like, it needed a lot of rehab. And this has just been the fun of it. It's, this has been a journey, not not a destination yet. And yeah. we, but we've created a beautiful place here. And Jen can explain to uh, to speak to this a little bit better. Is what's amazing is where our location is near all the hotels, so close to the falls. We're bringing a piece of that of what I've experienced in foreign countries to people that visit our city of Buffalo. We have such a huge international group that comes in. Well, hey, let me jump in right here because I feel the same way you did. When I'm in New York City and walking around, I want to get back to Bill and say, hey, what can we do with this podcast? Who can we interview? What do we need to sound like so that people all over the world, when they're visiting Buffalo from Tampa, they're flying in from San Diego, from San Francisco, what type of uh, podcast do they want to listen to? It sounds like you are trying to do the same thing with this place. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're spot on. There's, uh, well, let me start by saying the first thing about this bar is that I was a patron before I was an owner. So I seek that type of place out. I've been to China, I've been to Beijing, and I look for a damn pub. That's all I want. I just want to settle down, sit down, have a beer. And it's got, you know, the brick, the woodwork, awesome lighting, and it's just a beautiful old pub. Plus 30, 30 drafts of craft beer, too, doesn't hurt either. It and, does and help. And full liquor. Ex- it does know. help, yeah. And the best wings, I must say, the best wings in Buffalo. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bold statement, I would say. Statement. It's a hugely bold statement, but it's Pretty 100% <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Well, I was in New York last weekend, and I was walking around, and I was trying to find a place to go with the wife. And I got to tell you, not one place had decent craft beer. I, I, I looked it up online, and there's so many places sometimes in major cities that you're overwhelmed. So you got to right. trust reviews. you got to trust word of mouth. you got to go to that local paper, see what they say. So just to have 
like some really good beer on is going to bring people in, especially well, from all over. And what's beautiful about that, there's so many new breweries in downtown Buffalo right now. You can go visit the brewery, but we have all those beers here. So if you want to taste a bunch of different locally brewed beers, we have that all here and, and the best wings. And we literally <laughs> at the time too, we we kind of gave a lot of those beers their first outlet, like Hamburg right. Hamburg Brewery. This we start we're on the first location, start selling their beer back when they were just selling stuff out of the back of their cars. But what's amazing is, you know, how this place is, has transformed is, is from this. And like I said before, you asked um, about, you know, what influences and people around you. Really, it's the people that, that make this place. Like, again, I walked into this uh, with starry eyes and just like, okay, I'm going to do this. Scared out of my mind. I'm still scared out of my mind doing this. But it's not an easy business. But what it was is, you know, I came in, I surround myself with great people. You know, I ran this place for a couple of years alone. And, you know, in, in addition to traveling and everything else, and then we had a, a bartender that was helping me out that he has 20 years of experience managing bars. He actually managed the crock bar across the street for many years. He came on as my first partner. Then um, then about a year ago, we had the opportunity to uh, purchase the entire building. And Jen Jen brings a lot to the table. Great in the move. fact, yeah, And she brings move. a lot it's to really the table in the, in the fact that not only can she help us build this business, and she was an exec, marketing exec over at New Era and was a patron of ours oh, cool. for over a, a year or two you before. got a little story to right. tell, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. And I I won't yeah. tell your whole story, Jen. You, you can do that. But Jen, so there's three of us now that, that operate the bar, and the three of us are going to take this building and make it not only a little nest egg for us, but take this place and make it a great place for uh, people to visit from out of town. We're going to have apartments upstairs. We, we're talking about developing some you know, some unique business suites for like, we have 500 employees for Delaware North. You know, they right. got to have people from out of town visiting probably every night of the week. Yeah. They could come here really, or even stay upstairs in a fully furnished suite and if you're a businessman anywhere in the world wouldn't you'd want to be directly above directly a above a bar that's open to four in the morning I mean, it's <laughs> really, a place like this yeah yeah I know I just think that people find it really really comfortable here and that's why I w- originally gravitated towards it we brought our cooler over from New Era and we just had a great time in the bar and I actually ran into Jared at a New Era Christmas party and we were friends for years and I had no idea that he owned this bar I knew that he owned a bar, but I didn't know it was this bar, and I was already a patron here. So I'm just like, I know you. He's I'm, like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, I do. That's why. That's why I needed a marketing person because I, I, I love talking about animals and I love talking about and and I. That's where my excitement is. But I am probably the most unlikely bar owner. I don't, you know, I'm just not into that scene of being that, you know, that bar. So really, I most of the patrons that come here think I'm like a handyman because I'm here fixing something, <laughs> or they think I'm just I hang out here all the time or whatever. He's one but, of the regulars. Right. Yeah. But, um, so in like, about five years from now, yeah. will you expect this to be full-functioning suites upstairs? Absolutely. Anything Absolutely. else? Absolutely. Yep. Well, we want to develop more. We have a big back patio. We, we want to extend the bar. We really have the opportunity to have the best beer garden. Oh, and yeah. we have a wonderful back patio that's so underutilized. And people really don't know that it's there. They don't expect that it's there because there's not property in this area that has a back patio like that. And we want to have a fantastic beer garden. It's comfortable now, but it's going to be great in five years. Yeah. Okay, and they're on. They have a website. It is taphousepubandgrill.com, and you can always find them on Facebook. I, I'm looking through a bunch of entertaining pictures from Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's also Tap House Pub and Grill on Facebook as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you look at our Facebook page, you can see pictures. We had a camel here for our Christmas party. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, is that Buffalo? That's yeah. real life, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was neat to see the camel like standing in front of the Delaware North building in front of our place. And then we were lucky enough, too, to have the guys in from Bar Rescue, and we had the best flair bartender in the world yeah. come in and do fire tricks for us. Yeah. It was awesome. We almost That's set cool. the Buffalo on fire, but I wanted to ask that, you about that. You yeah. were featured on an episode. They no, were just here... The, the, we were entertaining them. Here's yeah. here's what the best part. Okay, for those for your listeners that are familiar with Bar Rescue, again, that's a great point. We don't want to be known by Bar Rescue as being like <laughs> Bar Rescue is all about bars that aren't doing. It. But the most satisfying thing that we experienced was that they were in town for the disco, the big annual fundraiser. Bill and I were there. Yeah, oh, you yeah. guys were there, and they were they were get they were celebrity bartenders. They came in and they literally chose our place as their place to hang out, and they said nothing but great things. They talked. I mean, literally, they had more fun with our place. And who else? These are the experts all around the country that rescue bars, and like we provided them exactly what their recreation yeah. is. You couldn't get a better compliment than that. No, that's a that's something people need yeah. to know about. You know, I don't know you, if you can post that on your website somewhere, but like as not as endorsed, but you know what I mean. Like bar rescue yeah, approved. That, that should be a new approved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 The bar rescue guys love us. What do they do? Hashtag. Come back and yell at them? No, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, they well, do love us, so yeah, I, yeah that's cool. <laughs> you know, we always like to end by looking. Uh, um, uh, kind of back ahead all at the same time and giving some people who are on the elliptical right now, they're driving in their car, they, they, they get done with this episode, they get done with their workout, they get out of, of that long commute and they go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take that first step. Maybe it's as an animal expert, you know, maybe it's as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, you know, maybe you can both speak a little bit to that. What advice would you say to somebody who is just starting out? Maybe, for example, you guys had something that was holding you back from taking that that just that first step you know um what do you, what do you I think could, i could speak to that right away and really in anything and especially in small business don't be afraid it is scary i mean it is it's it's a big time con- commitment it's a big financial commitment and there's a lot of sleepless nights especially when you first get into it but my my two pieces of advice would be don't i mean it sounds so cliche but you can't give up for one no matter how right. bad of a day is no matter what happens you can't give up and you see things through and the other thing is which i found and this has always been my philosophy is surround yourself with people that are gonna that are gonna contribute to your cause rather than detract from it. I so like that. surround I like surround that. yourself right. right now the three of us own this bar and eventually we're gonna be developers in Buffalo uh, pretty soon. And what's gonna be great and oh yeah I'm a TV zoologist, Jen's a marketing executive, our third partner Sean uh, is a school teacher and and we all bring our each of our elements to this but you know you know I look at Jen like Jen, Jen she's a powerful woman here in Buffalo now and it, it, we bring some, something so different and that entrepreneurial spirit if once you get it or attain it just just go with it and nothing's gonna happen it's like you know whatever you know another day another dollar and in some cases right. not a dollar so but yeah. <laughs> or you lose a dollar but and you just gotta jump into it and keep moving forward I think that's one of the biggest things you keep moving forward and you gotta be there and you gotta work out your kinks and you know you get through it eventually but it's just keeping a positive attitude and stay flexible and everything will eventually work out I think that was good advice you know Jen specifically was the only thing holding you back from maybe quitting that full time amazing job as a marketing executive to say I'm going to in five short years ten short years however long the timeline is become a developer here in Buffalo. Well, what's interesting about that, I was in a break between jobs and then this opportunity presented itself and I'm like, this couldn't be more perfect. I've always wanted to do this since I was a kid. I worked in the food service industries when I was a young woman going through school 
and it's it's a beautiful situation for me and I'm at the right age to do it uh, you know there's not awesome. there's not a lot of fear you know it's not that I'm like 70 years old and I'm like oh let's open a bar we definitely have a good timing in my life uh, it's a good opportunity and I'm a Buffalo resident Buffalo native we all are so there's a lot of Buffalo pride there too and I'm really happy to be downtown. I never thought in a million years to have this type of location with a business like this Whatever happened for me. So it's perfect. Absolutely. Well, Bill, this has been pretty amazing yep. here. We started way back at the beginning with your story, Jared. Janet, we thank you so much for kind of coming on board and kind Absolutely. of filling out the, the future look because people are going to listen to this. They're going to stop by. They're going to be like, hey, is uh, is Jen or Jared here? We just want to <laughs> say hello. And Sean will be like, no, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I but one more time for the listeners, where can they follow either either of you individually or your business online, social media? Yeah, definitely check out our Tap House Pub and Grill page on Facebook. Um, and then we also have a website that's Tap House Pub and Grill. It's very easy. And so. I would say just stop in. I mean, stop by. I mean, you, can, you can look Let's at us online, but, you know, and, you know, enjoy, uh, you know, and have some... Have Come some, see a camel. Yeah. Oh, no, oh. camel goes once a year. This whole interview has been... It's been great. I think we're going to draw in some people that Jared may, might know you from television, but all of a sudden, what they're going to realize is when they come to Buffalo, they need to come here because this is a great place. You guys are running a great business. I want to thank you for doing the interview, Bill. Yep, thank you very much, guys. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You, guys. Yeah, you know, you. this has been another fantastic episode of Guys Telling Stories. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Uh, take care, guys. We'll see you next time.